Welcome to Fadeaways and Fundamentals. I am your host, Andre Perrano. Each week I bring you an inspiring person or a message to unlock your true grit. Thank you and stay tuned. Hey guys, I'm so excited about today's show. Why? Well, today, Ryan and I sit down with Gannon Baker, MBA skills trainer. This is a part one of a two-part interview. So let's dive right in. Yeah, uh, so Gannon, Gannon, tell us a little bit about what you do, bud. Well, I'm a, a father and a husband first. Got three kids and a beautiful wife who's been married for eight years. And then I, uh, I run my own basketball business. I'm a professional uh, player development coach and consultant. I uh, teach players how to play the game and how to get better uh, from age 10 all the way up to pro. And I also consult on a lot of skill trainers that want to run their own business and, and do it for a living as well as college high school, college, and professional coaches on, you know, how to be a better player development uh, coach and help players on their fundamentals. And I do this literally all over the world. Wow. How many countries have you visited through this? Uh, right now it's sits at 43, and, and at the end of July it will be 44. I'm going to Brazil at the end of July, and that'll be my 44th country. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, tell us a little bit about your journey in basketball. I know you grew up in Virginia. Tell us about playing high school ball for your dad and also uh, your college career. Yeah, I, I grew up in Hampton, Virginia, and um, my parents were teachers. My dad was a high school coach, and my grandfather uh, you know, played college ball at University of Richmond, so they put a goal in the backyard and started playing when I was about six. Really uh, started working like I should have worst and really uh, had a hunger game kind of work ethic when I uh, turned 12 and from there on out man I just you know worked and played and trained and really myself um, played for a guy named Boo Williams for AAU and uh, won a state championship in high school at Hampton High and my senior year we, we were runner up so we went to the state final game two years in a row beat Grant Hill's team that was a big big memory um didn't play for my dad. He was a principal. He got out okay. of coaching so he could watch every game. So he became a coach. Uh, he became a principal. Went to Duquesne. You know, it was between Duquesne and UMass. I had John Calipari uh, in my home, offered me a scholarship. And uh, I love the conference of wow. Atlantic 10, so I ended up playing there. Uh, broke my foot first year, got registered. <laughs> Second year, I started and ended up uh, making the all-rookie team. Unfortunately, uh, we lost two years in a row, so our coach ended up getting fired, and I transferred to UNC Wilmington. Played there two years, uh, broke my foot my junior year, so I, I kind of came, came off the bench, but still played. And uh, we were third in the conference, and then my senior year I started and uh, ended up getting the all-best uh, point guard in the league, and all-academic, and we ended up winning the league. Uh, we won the league. And, lost in the first round in Richmond, so we didn't get a chance to go into that play tournament. And then I uh, went into um, 
college coaching, you know, coached at Hampton University Division One, Belmont Abbey Division Two, and Coastal Carolina Division One for uh, five years. I uh, didn't really like coaching because you didn't get the chance to uh, be on the basketball t- court too much. It was all business stuff and recruiting. So I ended up playing overseas in Iceland. Played in Iceland for a year. Had surgery at the end of the year, tore a tendon in the playoffs over there. I was going to go back, but it didn't heal until about December, January of that year. So I ended up uh, starting, you know, making my business legal and started training kids out of a chair in uh, the year 2000. And that summer, I wanted to get playing a shot. So I, my agent got me involved with the Denver Nuggets, went out there and worked out with their summer league team, ended up making it through a few cuts, and then uh, shattered my knuckle. Dang. They cut me and told me it wasn't good enough to be put on injury reserve. I thought it was a sign from God saying, you know, maybe you need to try this skill development, you know, career and at the time really nobody was doing it there might have been four or five guys maybe around the country doing it but not many and so i pioneered and here we are man 17 years later i'm still shaking and baking <laughs> that's right yeah dude that's that's rad that's, that's one of your nicknames isn't it yeah that's the nickname in college and that was that's actually the name of my company shake and bake basketball but i, I <laughs> working with men uh, versus women, you know, with your skill development? Well, um, you know, there are some differences. As far as the game, you know, women aren't as athletic, so you, you can't really rely on athletic moves, uh, you know, any one-on-one moves that you teach off the catch, off the finish, off the cut, off the dribble. A lot of them can't do it just because they're not strong or quick enough, athletic enough. So you really have to fine tune your training and cut cut the fat uh, and the sexiness, uh, the fadeaways, if you will, and work on more fundamentals. Beautiful. Because uh, you know they can't jump as high, they can't, they're not as strong. So you got to really rely on skill, technique, IQ. So you know the skill levels different, and then personalities, man. I mean, girls, uh, guys are cool, girls are afraid. You know, guys are more physical. Girls are more, you know, tentative and soft. Girls want to please you. Guys could care less if they're listening to you. So, uh, and then, you know, when you say something that's demanding or rough or or brash, you know, you really got to watch your words where a guy can get over it and it won't go right to their heart. Girls take everything seriously. And, you know, they're, they're actually listening to you. So you better watch how you critique them, how you coach them, how you hold them accountable. You, you, for a guy, sometimes you can get personal and that'll motivate them. For a girl, if you get personal, then that might destroy their confidence for a long time. So there's definite, and I had to learn that the hard way. I mean, I'm not perfect. I made a lot of mistakes and still make mistakes. So, you know, you just, uh, you just as a coach, you just got to be aware and you always got to do self-evaluation, which in my opinion, it's a, it's a huge weakness of, of a lot of these young coaches coming up. They don't really 
you know, they want to have a career in, in skill development, but they don't treat it like it. There's no self-education or self-awareness or actually studying their craft. Um, or investing and it's hard it, yeah. for them to take criticism because they, they you know, these, these young kids coaching now take it personal. Right, yeah. You, um, uh, Gannon, you had mentioned, you know, teaching the different fundamentals in IQ, and, and I've heard you talk before about um, teaching ver- skills versus IQ and just and really taking your training and making it about making reads and translatable things in game situations. So when do you think a player should have all their skills down so that way they're only focusing on, on making reads versus working on certain skills that they should have at that point? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, in a perfect world, you know, you want to work on fundamental skills, you know, make sure kids are doing it the right way, make sure kids are efficient and, and correct and, and on target with, with all their dribbles, passes, shots. From the time they're eight, they should start at eight, and then by 13, they should be a well-oiled machine in a perfect world. So, but, you know, as you know, you guys are coaches, you'll get a, a 16-year-old that, that can't shoot a, a hook or can't do a one-two-step pull-up jumper. So, uh, for me, if I have that kid, you know, for a month and I'm working them out once a week, then, you know, the first two, two and a half workouts are all reps, all fundamentals. And then the last two and a half weeks, then he's, he's got to make a read where if I cut him off, he's stepping back. If I don't cut him off, he's pulling up. Or we play one-on-one or we do some penetrate kick, you know, in ball screen, any type of either-or concept where the kid's got to make a decision to pass or shoot on offense. I'll do that at, at the end of of the session. Now, if I only have them for one day, then, you know, we work on two skills that hour and then for 30 minutes and then the other 30 minutes is decision-making. So, you know, it just depends on how much time you have and how old the kid is. But in any curriculum, a good coach should, should nail down the fundamentals, make sure his mechanics are correct, get repetition, repetition, repetition off what I call drills. And then he's got to translate that into what I call action. So an action might be a dribble handoff, point wing. It might be a penetrate playoff, a low post step out. So it's it's two and three man games. Yeah. That's great. What's the difference between these pros versus the the young uh, kids that you train? Because what I see is a lot of parents now and kids, they feel entitled so it's a lot of entitlement where they don't put in enough work, but they feel like they should be playing. What do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, that, that's the, uh, the con- you know, the topic everybody is talking about. I mean, you don't have to go very far to hear people have an opinion or entitlement. But I, I think you need to rephrase your question because when somebody says <laughs> pro, you know, we all assume that he's a 27, 28-year-old veteran or you know, 25-year-old kid. I mean, that's not true. You no, got to redefine pro. So you got a lot of young kids and you got a lot of young pros that haven't put in the work. <laughs> that, yeah. That, that, that are entitled because, you know, I'm not going to disrespect publicly anybody, but I've, I've, I've in the last five years, I've worked out a lot of young pros. You know, right. they're 19, 20, 21 pros. Right. That have been these, you know, that are one and 
That's what I'm saying, yeah. So, you know, the way I deal with them, I mean, what I think about it, I mean, it's bullcrap. You know? Right. I think people that know me have been around me. Uh, I've, I've never been intimidated by any player that has been in front of me. I, I've been in all, and, and, and just my respect is on another level, but I've never been intimidated. So I've always praised right, corrected wrong. Got after, you know, I don't want to say yell, but you know, criticized, coached up, maybe yelled at a guy, I guess. If, if he doesn't have a motor, if he has bad body language, if he's not listening, you know, I get mad at anybody who, who big times me or doesn't respect the time and the passion that I'm putting in that hour. I mean, I got, I got, I got into it with a friend of mine, a coach today, who, uh, I thought was disrespectful because he showed up 15 minutes late to a workout and the players were already there. And I, and I got on him. He didn't like it. I said, well, you're a fake coach then. If, if you're oh. showing up at 10 and then you're showing up at 10, 15. And I yelled, I said, fellas, y'all should have been here at 9.45 or 9.30 for the 10 o'clock workout and asked me, hey, coach, can I get some extra work in at the other end? Like, I'm working out kids at one end. The other end wasn't uh, taken. And I so... I mean, that's just the uh, mentality that all coaches should have. But, you know, fellas, the reason why all coaches don't have that confidence or they're not intimidated by any elite player, for that matter, is because a lot of coaches don't work very hard or as hard or as hard as they can. You know, I don't want to say on my level because, I mean, I think I'm not the best in the world, but I think I'm the hardest working skill coach in the world and if anybody works harder than me while I'm on the court at my craft you, you tell me and you show me and, and to me that gives me the the power and authority to to get on you or to hold you accountable and then to back that up and maybe as Ryan knows I study my craft and I you know I've been doing this since I was eight years old as a player I coached on every level so it's like a lot of coaches don't put in the work, and they don't have information. So when you don't have information, you don't, you have fake confidence. When you don't put in the work, you know you're scared to to challenge somebody because they have something. They have they have they can expose your kryptonite, so to speak. So you know, uh, work breeds confidence, and information breeds peace. And if a coach don't have peace and confidence, you know he he can't get on an, an entitled player. He doesn't know how to handle a player and I find a solution and so I'm not saying these players agree with me every time I get on them but I tell you what they know I'm right and they respect me and that's that's all that's all you got to do as a coach all right you got to teach and gain respect the rest is, is on them especially with pros you know with young kids your job is to be patient to be tolerant and to be forgiving right and no that's great coach, yeah. You ain't got to be patient. You ain't got to be taught. They're pros. This is business. Oh, you can't get it done? Go to the D-League. You're fired. Next. You, it's not your job to be forgiving. What, you make a mistake? Then on this level, you only get one chance to get an opportunity. I mean, so it's a, it's a Hunger Games, man. It's the next level. And as a coach, you got to have that that grit. you got to have that nasty in you to, if you see, you know, it's a fight, man. You know, you got to fight the good fight. 
Well, you make it a priority. You're not prepared as a coach. You don't have the confidence or the or the authenticness to stand there and fight. And, and I, I'm glad I do. And that's, that's probably why I work so hard. In case somebody challenged me at the next level, I, I can challenge them back. <laughs>